Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches and learn more about their business and business knowledge as a whole. I'm your host, Ryan Carson, and today we're here with Dina and Brett. Dina, Brett, how's it going, guys? We're good. Very good. Super happy to be here. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, thanks for being guests today. So uh, we'll kind of dive right into it. So what is the name of your guys' facility, and where exactly are you located at? Uh, the facility's name is Energy Fitness, and we're in Litchfield County, Connecticut. We're in uh, Torrington. Okay. Got it. Energy Fitness. And how long have you been in business? So the gym has been in business for, we are going on our 15th year total, and we just relocated to our current location. Our current location, we've been there for four years. Currently been there for four years. Okay, got it. And so let me, so kind of like, what is, like, what's your business model and how many square footage um, are you guys? So um, our facility is about 14,000 square feet. Oh, nice. You got a big spot. Um, yeah, it's a good, it's a good size. Um, we are sort of uh, unique in our structure. So okay. we are a open facility. So we have a lot of equipment, um, cardio, plate loaded, um, turf area. Um, within our facility, we do have a group fitness aspect which is run by a separate gym. So we have our group fitness is offered through Odyssey Group Fitness. They're also locally small owned business. Um, they run all the classes, spinning, aerobics, um, whatever they, they have a bunch of different classes. But so our group fitness is run completely separate financially. Okay. It works pretty seamless. Most of the members don't even know that it's a separate entity. Um, but so there's two, two separate gyms. Um, Brett and I also have a smoothie bar that's operated sort of separately than energy fitness. So we have um, uh, protein shakes, light lunches. Uh, it's a oh, awesome. area. It's pretty cool. And we just added... Um, another office space which we're sitting in now is um is our wellness clinic so we okay. have prn who's renting space she's doing hormone replacement therapy vitamin injections iv drips um she's going to be starting um some aesthetic stuff too with botox and uh some other stuff there too so within our facility we have several different um streams of revenue mm -hmm. so i think that's the key for us yeah um, absolutely and we do have a really strong personal training team mm -hmm. uh, which is accounts for a, a good portion of our revenue as well okay awesome and what i love about that is that's uh it's the type of facility that i have too so mine is eighteen thousand square feet yeah now I, I don't have as much going on as you guys um but we do have like the different departments as far as uh, PT and the group, you know, kind of all in one. Um, I have massage and stuff like that. So it, it's really cool to have people on here. And we really just started opening up the podcast for, you know, quote unquote, big box gyms. So before we were just doing like the boutique style, but um, that that's what I specialize in is big box. 
so it's it's cool that that we're able to connect on this today yeah yeah absolutely yeah so as far as so everything so like let's say so you have the the boutique studio basically inside your gym that does classes more or less yeah, so yeah. now are they paying the, do they pay like a percentage rent or do they pay you like per membership or what is the structure on they that pay a flat rate um okay. for the space we do have some crossover some some members uh pay both memberships and and that we sort of um split so um, say somebody wanted to do uh, the energy fitness and the Odyssey group fitness, mm -hmm. um, we do the billing on that. So we, uh, we split the membership that way. But otherwise, for the most part, they just pay uh, rent for the space. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah so, so I love that. So most of people don't know that, that it's two separate things. And that's pretty no. cool, too. Yeah, seamless. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Now, whose idea was it to do that? Or did they approach you guys about it? Or how did that kind of come to fruition? So um, going back several years, I think before Brett and I, Brett and I run the gym. Mm -hmm. um, we are not the owners, but we have um, controlling um, hands on, I guess you would say. Okay. Um, so prior to us being part of the gym, um, energy fitness in our old location they did classes on their own mm -hmm. however it didn't make financial sense right because if you have one membership and um that same membership covers your gym and your classes and you have to play instructors and trainers it wasn't making uh it wasn't making financial sense at the time yeah. Yeah. so they had um people who were involved in taking classes and instructing and they sort of um came up with that model mm -hmm. to uh, take over the class situation and just pay a flat amount to uh, the gym. Yeah. And then that way the, um, all the revenue is, uh, it's just space that we're getting. We know what we're getting for revenue and then it's up to the owners to, uh, to make that work. But it, okay. it, sort of didn't, it didn't make sense for us. It, it didn't cover, uh, any of the overhead for the classes got it yeah that makes sense and and that's one of the things too one of the one of the big mistakes um like with the big box gyms and and really it's one thing i say is like you don't know what you don't know so there you know we see this model from like the gold gyms and the 24 7 fit or 24 hour fitnesses and you know that's what they do right so and that's kind of what i did i was like well i'm gonna do this too and you know include my classes and you find out real quick that like it, it doesn't, doesn't pay, it doesn't pay for anything. No. Yeah. So that's when you have to get creative and, you know, either do what you do or what I did in mine is I, I essentially did the same thing, except, you know, we still took control of the classes. I just said, okay, this is going to be, you know, completely separate from our gym memberships, you know, and when you look at it as two businesses, you can kind of make it, make the numbers work better that way. But when it's all included, like it's, it's a mess. It is a mess. You know, you yeah. just can't make, you can't make any money. And most of the time you can't even break even when you're doing it that way either. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Everybody wants to take the classes, but they don't want to pay more, mm -hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know? So, um, we had that situation where a lot of people were just doing classes and some people just wanted the gym. So it just made sense at the time mm -hmm. and it's still working for us. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's one of the biggest things and where we fall short 
is, you know, we don't understand. And I didn't understand the beginning that, you know, they have like, they don't have to make money every single client in the beginning. Like they can wait to get all that stuff on the back end. Yeah. Like they can wait, they can get it in year one or year two, you know, whereas, you know, smaller gyms or, you know, if it's, if you're not a big corporation, like you need to make money per client up front, yep. you know, like you can't sit around and wait on that stuff. And I think that's what happens to so many of the gyms that, you know, if they don't figure that out in time, it's too late. Yeah. Awesome. So like, as far as the, the other services you offer, um, like the, um, like the hormone therapy, all of that, is it kind of the same structure with them? Like they're paying uh, rent for a space or do you guys, do you get a cut of the services of that? So yeah, she's, this is pretty new for us with her. Um, she has been a, a great friend to us. And right now she is just, we're taking a percentage of uh, her profit. Okay. So um, it's not a flat rate. It's sort of like uh, as she grows, everybody kind of grows together. Mm -hmm. So it's setting her up for success and still um, making it work for everybody. So it's yeah. a percentage, yeah. One of the themes that runs pretty strong through our club is, is relationships. And we really feel like um, allowing each entity to be operated by the person who's, uh, who operates best in that wheelhouse. Yeah. So like we, when we mentioned Odyssey and the group fitness, you know, um, the folks who oversee that are um, Ironman triathlon competitors, you know, that's really their, that's really their niche. They can market in that area. They have reputation in that area. They do really well. And that thing kind of generates its own, it's its own engine. And they sort of just pay us rent with the, with Aveo, the, uh, the wellness clinic, that was an idea that um, was kind of birthed with myself and a client of mine, um, Cheyenne, she at the time was a, was a PT client of mine and she was wrapping up her licensing for her APRN. And we always thought, you know, a great add-on service would be, you know, these vitamin injections and, and performance stuff and, and hormone therapies and, and medical weight loss. And we both were like, what a great thing to add on to. My thing is PT. Um, so, you know, I thought what a great thing to add on to that service. And so as we started to birth it, because we had that relationship there, we felt like, you know, this is something that has the capacity to do well, but if we hit her with a really, um, with a significant rent right off the bat, it wouldn't allow her to kind of ramp up and let it be what it really could be. So um, because we had that relationship there, we were sort of able to like synergistically put the program in place without too much of a demand on overhead right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a really good strategy because when you do it this way, like everyone is incentivized, right? Like, you know, so she has room to grow. Like you're not, you know, you're not basically cutting her throat, you know, from day one. And, you know, you guys are incentivized to help her grow because the gym gets a cut of the profit. So yeah, for a relationship like that to work, it, you know, both people have to mutually benefit. I think you guys nailed it with that hands down. And it's very much the same um, with Fuel, the smoothie bar as well. Dina and I own um, the smoothie bar and Dina does the nutrition piece um, oh, cool. at our bar. But because we had such a solid relationship going way back with um, our owner, it's the same kind of, it was initially the same kind of relationship with him as what we've developed with Cheyenne for the, um, for the wellness clinic. So all, all things um, firing together really is what makes um, energy fitness 
and the the uh, the sister businesses go. You know, it's a it's a synergy yeah. that um, each one of these things as a standalone would have trouble making it. But um, and as you know, for a gym, relying strictly on memberships is that's not going to happen. You know, you have to have you have to generate other streams, especially with like the the budget based gyms that are out there, twisting people's mind about what a gym membership should cost. Yeah. You know, you you definitely have to have um, these other streams of income, and we found that. Um, this kind of package, the, the, the different businesses that we've packaged together really do have that synergy. So, yeah. And, and that's a, a good point you made, you know, when it, when it comes to like the pricing on all this stuff, when people, you know, you really can't let it be to where they compare you on price, because if that happens, you're always going to lose yep. or not always, but to win, you have to be the cheapest one in town and know that that, that doesn't get anyone anywhere. And it's, it's never, it's also never good to be the second cheapest person in town. So when you can add those other revenue streams in, you know, and create more value for the client, then it comes to a point where they're like, well, I really can't compare them on price because this is completely different. Like yeah. the gym membership is just a small piece of what I get, you know, going with these guys. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to say like when Dina and I took over the management role, um, there was some, for, for myself, there was some apprehension about what we would charge and all that stuff. And in my mind, I was still um, kind of doing battle with those types of clubs. And then what I really had to, um, what I really, what we really had to drive home was that's not really our competition. We're providing an entirely different um, level um, and uh, level of service. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, whereas like, years ago before we started to twist our, our to uh, tweak our model um, the first question somebody would ask when they call would be about uh, membership cost now people come in and tour the gym they don't even ask what it costs they just want to know about the services they love the facility you know so I think we've, we've we've targeted that different audience that we've been trying to capture and I don't have to worry about um, competing with those other clubs because it's it's we're really uh, just on a um, in, on a different street you know yeah yeah for sure and so, um, Brett, you're in charge of the PT. So I never would have guessed that, by the way. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. No, but um, now, as far as that goes, like, what do you do to get new members and, or new clients? Do you just pull from the memberships or do you market on your own? Or how exactly is that working for you? Yeah, it's a little bit of everything. I mean, Dina's fantastic at um, social media marketing. Okay. Um, she yeah. Really, there's like 11 hats in the club. I mean, yeah. she does. She really does so much here, and you know we really could have um, just our own designated um, marketing person. Um, but she does uh, such a such an incredible job with targeted ads on um, Facebook and videos. Um, word of mouth is huge with personal training, as you know. You know you you hit it out of the park um, with a half a do dozen people who are vocal, and um, they start having results, and people in their lives see those results, or they're talking about how much better they feel, and that obviously is the is the number one. Um, source of marketing, I think, but um, yeah. social media is definitely huge. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it does start from our current members. You know, the guys are out there, the trainers are out there um, on the floor and they're doing these, these movements or these things that maybe um, someone else on the floor hasn't seen before. And they start mm -hmm. asking questions. Well, you know, how, why do you do this? And what does that work? And, and maybe I'll just do a session just to see. 
So, you know, and that it kind of snowballs that way too. So it's really um, the, the guys do a great job. We have professional, um, they're certified, they're knowledgeable. They're always looking to learn new stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's, 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 it's a great team. And, um, and it's word of mouth. I mean, it really is, you know, you have uh, uh, a lady who comes in and she's looking just to feel better, or you have a guy coming in saying, my doctor says, you know, my blood pressure's up, what can I do? And it's, and it's, it's really centered around, it's not just about like looking good. It's, uh, it's about feeling good and being healthier. And that speaks louder than any ad or uh, social media posts that you can you can have out there yeah yeah especially yeah word of mouth has always been like the hottest um yep. you know form of of any kind of any kind of marketing and, and client acquisition because typically when it comes to word of mouth when the person walks you know into your doors you know i mean they're sold already yep. so there's there's not a lot on your end that you have to do so um my biggest thing has always been so we have word of mouth you know that's always great and it can be you know, it can be inconsistent is the only downfall I would say with that. So when you get that, but you pair it with your social media marketing, like that's really when you can knock it out of the park. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. So do you have any like- Another, another thing just to kind of piggyback off of the, uh, like what we were talking about earlier is that um, the other businesses sort of feed personal training and vice versa. You know, yeah, yeah. somebody uh, somebody Googles where to get a great smoothie in town and they come in and they're, they're like blown away. They're like, they think they're going to a smoothie shop and they come into the, uh, the cafe and uh, lounge area of a gym. And they're yeah. like, you know, so they thought they were coming for a smoothie and they, they leave with the gym membership or they come in um, for medical weight loss for the clinic, but then they realize that personal training is going to help them do that too and yeah. vice versa. So each... Um, you know, each, each stream sort of feeds each other. So. Yeah, absolutely. Now when it comes to, all right. So, so PT, let's talk about that for a second. Sure. So do you offer, um, do you offer any free sessions like for every member that comes in or like, what is your, or you just get them right into a package or does it depend? You know, his, historically we have um, just tried to work them right into a package, but we did have like some, we did have like some intro packages that just included a, like a fitness assessment and in-body in one session. Yeah. Um, but um, what we're, um, what we're toying with now is, um, cause we just um, added a one session with a year commitment. So somebody commits, um, to the gym for a year, um, we give them uh, an intro to PT or an intro to, um, we also have uh, boxing slash mixed martial arts. So they can choose either either a PT session with one of our trainers or a boxing session with one of our uh, mixed martial arts guys. Okay. Um, and that's kind of um, uh, a good way to get our hands on people. They get to experience it because there's nothing like a person experiencing that one session and realizing, wait, now I see why um, it costs what it costs. There's a lot of value in this. There's a lot of knowledge. I don't get uh, my workouts aren't that efficient, you know? So I think once we get our hands on the folks and start working with them, that sell, that's uh, as good a sales tactic as the word of mouth. So yeah, definitely. And, and that's a really good point you make because and kind of like with business owners, like we don't know what we don't know, but the same way the clients are too, like sometimes they, they join a gym and they really don't know that they need a personal trainer or, or any kind of extra service. They think that they can just come in, you know, 
hit the treadmill a few times, maybe go through like a small circuit. But like you said, like, you know, I, I think a lot of times they, it just gets really monotonous for one. Uh, for two, sometimes people are just too scared to get off of the treadmill. Right. And three, they're not really, there's no output in the session. You know, I mean, they might be working at a four out of 10, you know, and really with you, they could take it up another, you know, three to four notches, you know, just like that, just having someone with them. Yeah. Yeah. There's still, I think there is still some misconceptions about um, weight training in general. Um, like sure. you said, people not sure they want to get off the, um, the treadmill or out of their comfort zone. Um, but then they, they realize quickly once they do what, what it's all about. So, yeah. And another thing. So as far as like people, like, what have you guys done to get people to show up to like your free session? Because I know a lot of time or your intro to PT, because a lot of times in gyms, you know, we found historically that it's kind of hard to get some people to show up even though it's free, right? Like the show rate is still not that great. You guys ever struggle with that at all? So my, you know, I, I thought about this as we were putting this together and one of my trainers um, actually said, it's funny because I was kind of thinking along those lines, but I hadn't verbalized it yet. And one of my yeah. trainers who's um, an ace with client retention said, uh, I love what we're doing with the uh, session. He said, let's put a clock on it. He said, because um, if the person thinks they can use the session whenever down the road, it's going to go on the back burner. But if that session is only good until such and such a date and we have to book it with them um, with during their sign up or within a certain amount of time, there's a little bit more of a sense of urgency for them to get the value of that free session. Right. And so I think that's kind of what I'm toying with now is, is um, um, putting, a, putting a date on it when they sign up, try to book it right at the time or mm -hmm. try to give them a time by which it, it happens has to be booked yeah for sure and yeah that's always good when you put the urgency on it like that so typically what what we've saw across the industry is like the urgent like without the urgency thing on there like you might get a 10 percent show rate um, or even schedule rate at that um, when you put the urgency up there you know you can get 20 to 30 which is better because it's double that and you know there's one more thing that we found and you know i've used it in my gym that really works out better is incentivizing them to do it. Uh, there's, there's different ways you can do to incentivize them to show up for it. Um, one of those would be, you know, kind of in a sense, almost paying them to do it. There's, there's little things like that you can do, but the show rates up to like 75, 80%. And what I found is with my staff and trainers, just getting that show rate up, you know, our PT has gone through the roof just because they're getting more at bats. Right. And so they haven't even had to get any better at sales. They're just getting more chances. That's yeah. fantastic. How do you, um, so how do you do it with them? Do you encourage them to book that um, like right off the bat or what's your process? Like, yeah, definitely. You have to book it right off the bat, but there's some other things that I can tell you um, when, when we're off the podcast, sure. there, there's little things that you can do with them that instead of it being like, okay, I'm going to go do this free session, right. Just so I can get my year. Like you, like there's ways you can do it to make them like wanting to come in and, sure. and like the incentives that you can offer. It's really just a few small tweaks. And I mean, who knew, like, you know, it's just getting around, you know, breaking beliefs, getting around people's thinking, but, you know, really incentivizing them. And, you know, we can talk more about that, but Love it. yeah, yeah, you guys, you'd definitely be interested to hear about that. So um, now as far as the smoothie bar goes, like, tell me about that. So 
what do you guys offer the smoothie bar? Um, is it just regular smoothies? Do you, do you add like all the, the packs and all that, all the goods in there too? So um, the smoothie bar, actually the, the idea of it um, came off of uh, Brett and I were competing. Um, I don't know, I guess 2015, 2016. Mm -hmm. And uh, people were sort of asking us, you know, what do you guys eat? What do you, you know, what, what are you eating that you're um, doing, doing for the competitions or whatever? So we sort of like started toying with all these uh, recipes and decided that we were going to open up uh, the smoothie bar because there was an opportunity at the gym to do that. But we didn't want it to be like the corporate gym smoothie bar right we didn't want it to be like that smoothie bar where you have junky syrups or just yeah. pre-made stuff right so it has to fall in line with what we do so our our real like um not tagline but what we do is it's it's what we eat it's what we feed our kids it's uh it's whole fresh foods the only thing processed is the protein powder right so mm -hmm. um quality protein powder we also took some time to, to figure out which, which product we were going to use. Cause they have those, you know, concentrated mix, um, smoothie powders that maybe has some fillers or stuff. That's not, um, great for your, your gut. So, um, we ended up with a pretty good, um, rival is what we use for protein powder. And oh, yeah. I said, oh, yeah. you know, uh, you know, your, your, your price point is going to be, you're not, your profit margin is going to be great with this, but he tried us, to sell us on some smoothie shop protein yeah. that you can buy like in the 30 pounds, 30 pounds at a time and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But no, yeah. like we want to have something that like, at least is like, you know, shelf worthy stuff that we wouldn't mind selling on the shelf yeah. as well, you know? So. Exactly. So, no. um, yeah. So it's just that and, and fresh fruits, frozen fruits, vegetables, whatever we, we do, we come up with, you know, different concoctions, but it's all, um relatively healthy and nothing bad for you and we yeah. can create an entire like meal replacement shake we have loads of um healthy add-ons from things like greens powders and spirulina to like um mct oil or avocado oil um we do like um oats or um different um carb things to enhance the carbs but still more of a whole food um uh and then in addition we um, have some light lunch options, coffee and espresso drinks we do. Um, we'll do like some salads and sandwiches. Um, and then we also have like coolers full of like ready to, uh, ready to drink stuff, but more on like trying to be more natural or healthier options as far as the grab and go stuff as well. Yeah, for sure. Now is Rival, um, are they still brick and mortar exclusive? I think so. Yeah. See, that was one of the big things with them when I used them um, is they were brick and mortar exclusive, right? So nobody could go online and right. really sell it. And if they, I mean, so they still would, but for the most part, it was controlled yeah. that yeah. way, which helps yeah. out. They keep a tight grip on it for sure. Yeah. Awesome. We do, we do have a small um, supplement store as well. So we like, we do like, some, we'll sell like some um, other, uh, proteins, uh, pre-workouts, essential amino acid mixes. We have a line of uh, um, vitamins. Um, 
A little bit of everything. Yeah, a little bit of everything. You know, and we our location is unique too. That we are right across the street from our um, courthouse. There's a courthouse right across the street. So, oh, cool. We do aside from our own traffic of people that come in, we do have people who come in just for coffee or a sandwich. Um, so, you know, we're we're trying to find that balance where it's um, healthier stuff, but also someone off the street can come in and find something that yeah, they were for sure. eating too yeah 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 and i think that that's probably the toughest thing right is finding that balance yeah it is we yeah. definitely realize that the the gym crowd and the walking in off the street crowd eat a little bit differently because yeah. right. we were like all the way um healthy initially opening up and folks would come in they'd kind of be like not sure what on earth they were going to eat you know so we yeah, exactly tried to, we try to create some stuff homemade stuff that's um still delicious um and also still good for you you know so uh that's been that was definitely a workaround initially right yeah and also um trying to carry every single uh flavor and every single product we could on the shelves like we kind of overdid it as far as what we would do for retail because i had in mind all these things i wanted to to um uh to to sell retail and then i realized like having too much stuff on the shelf that's just a ton of revenue sitting up there not moving so we kind of had to learn the the market and see what would go and stuff you know because a lot of people do their supplement shopping um online so there's only a few products that people are willing to like i want to get it right now um and i don't want to have to wait for ship wait or pay for shipping you know so we yeah. kind of kept it in that niche of things that and we found repeat buyers on uh, some brands too so yeah for sure and i know exactly because um now i've had my gym for seven years before that, I owned a supplement shop for three years. Oh, okay. And so, I mean, I know exactly. I mean, it was hell, right? Sure. Like, because yeah, you you buy all the flavors, you know. Oh, Optimum has this new flavor out. Yeah, so let's buy seventeen. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next month, nobody wants it. Yep. yep. And then it's like, well, hey, this pre-workout came out, and I don't know how it is now because we, we're just focused on one brand right now. But I know for the longest, it's like every two weeks, it's like, holy shit, like there's a new pre-workout like every yeah. two weeks. And when I got started, you know, back then it was when, you know, we could sell the pro hormones. Yeah. So, I mean, the real stuff and all, all of the pre-workouts had a DMAA. Yep. Right. So, I mean, it was, I mean, it was just like, how cracked out can you get, you know? <laughs> and when, yeah. when that ended and Amazon came you know, like really big, like 2014, 15, I was like, okay, like we got to, we're going to take the supplements and, you know, do the gym thing and kind of move it in because I mean, there's no way that, that you could sustain that on your own, you know, nowadays. There's just not a lot of room on a lot of that stuff. And like you mentioned, like the hardcore sports nutrition stuff, there's margin on that. You know, if you have an audience for that, you can make a little something on that, but most of that stuff you can't sell anymore. Yeah. Um, and it's funny cause we were um, opening up right around the time uh, it was around the band on one, three, uh, DMA. Yeah, one three methyl. You know, yeah. and, I had, and I had um I had a pre-workout product that was crazy popular that still had it in it, but it was like wrap they were wrapping up where you um you really couldn't get this stuff anymore. And I had like I had like 10 tubs of it and people were like fighting me for the last 10 tubs of this stuff. It's so oh, yeah. yeah. The moment you couldn't you you weren't allowed to have it anymore. Everybody had to have it. Yeah, the, the good old days. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we are we're out of time on the actual podcast here. So uh, one thing I like to ask, and, you know, either one can take it or, you know, you can both take it. 
So in a year from now, like what does growth look like for you guys? Like where would you want to be in a year in a perfect world? In a perfect world, um, I would, in a year from now, I would like to um, add maybe another 5,000 square feet of space to our location nice. um, and increase our, uh, our PT. Mm -hmm. I think that's um, a great service that people uh, need. Um, so I would like to expand um, physically our location and, you know, our wellness clinic, I'm hoping that she goes from one office to two offices, um, and expands that way, uh, more into, um, the aesthetics. Uh, I think there's a great margin there for her. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm hoping that really we have a better year than last year. <laughs> right. Right. Absolutely. I think everybody does for that. Yeah. 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 I'm yeah. hoping for some growth. Yeah. growth in that area for Dina, sure Dina really Dina pretty much nailed it on all like as far as the bullet points the growth for me would look like um so we're in a we're in a facility that has um uh there's actually room for us to grow physically as long as nobody rents the space next to us which hasn't happened in quite a long time so um for me that would look like some um a lot some more uh sports specific training working with the local sports teams youth athletics having a place for um the kids to come and train in their off season um with some coaches that did work directly with those teams kind of beefing up our pt and when it comes to stuff like that um yeah. maybe some maybe some uh um some new equipment and then um really really uh supporting cheyenne to uh to grow the wellness clinic because i really believe that, that that's a that's a market that has a lot of room for growth so yeah absolutely yeah good stuff guys um okay so that does it for our time on the podcast today so thank, thank you so for much being on here um i'm sure that our guests got a lot of uh a lot of value out of this so and if you're listening and you like the podcast or found value uh please hit the like and subscribe button and if you're a gym owner and want to be on the podcast, click the link in the description, apply to be a guest. And until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to gym owners who are in the trenches, doing the work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of Fit Body Bootcamp in Coquitlam, British Columbia, Mr. Corey Harbridge. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good. Thanks, Dominic. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm psyched that I didn't butcher the name of the town you're in. So it's all smooth sailing from here, man. Let's get into it. Tell us tell us about your, your facility, what you're doing, how things are out in BC. Yeah, you bet. So uh, it's a little rainy right now, actually, but uh, that seems to be seems to be the case for, for winter in BC. Um, we are located in Coquitlam, so that's around Vancouver in the lower mainland. Uh, if you're familiar with British Columbia in Canada at all, we're on the, on the West Coast. Um, we have a fit body boot camp here. We did not live here though, the whole time. We, uh, we actually moved from Alberta, province over. Um, 
about three years ago now, my girlfriend, Aaron and I, we, we decided that we wanted to, to open up our own gym. Aaron's parents, they, they live on the island, Vancouver Island. So we thought we'd move to be a little bit closer to them. I'm born and raised in Alberta. I was sick of cold Alberta winters, got really tired of the snow and the cold. So we, uh, we decided to move out this way. Uh, I took a big risk. I worked at a fit body in Alberta before. Uh, Aaron was a member there. We had a little breach of client relationship confidentiality going on there. That's how we met. Um, and then, yeah, we just thought we, we saw some ways that we could in, improve and have our own gym. And we thought, why not, why not do it ourselves? So we took the big risk and moved out here. We didn't know anybody in the area. We just came out, did a tour, uh, decided to, we liked the area and we decided to move out um, and just, just dove head first. Um, we have a 3000 square foot studio here. We have 2000 feet square feet of workout area. Uh, currently right now we have about 150 members. The Fit Body Bootcamp model, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, it is personal trainer-led group training sessions. Uh, so we have, in our gym, we have 16 people per class. We do high-intensity interval training workouts. We have people of all ages, all fitness levels, all shapes, all sizes. Uh, they all do the same workout, but we have modifications for, for every exercise. So everyone can work at their own pace and get their own good workout in. Awesome, man. So there's a, there's a lot that went on there. And I guess it's good that you had, you know, you had Aaron's family out there in Vancouver, a little bit of a support system, but um, you took, it's a big jump, right? Alberta to BC, especially the Vancouver area, big difference in population. Climate's good, but everybody wants to be there. Real estate's high. You know, there, there's a lot of things going on there. There's pros and cons, right? It's a happening area. It's up and coming. It's growing, but uh, yeah, man, I think it took a real leap of faith for you to go out and say, this, this is what we're going to do. This, is where we're going to plant our flag. And, you know, the biggest question I have is, was there a turning point for you? Was there some, was there something in your research, something in your planning that made you really feel like, yeah, this is, this is the right idea. I need to sign this lease. I I'm going to invest in this equipment in this franchise. Like what was the, what was the biggest factor for you feeling like, now is the time we can do this. Uh, there's a couple things in that in regards to, to deciding to open up her own business. Erin, um, my girlfriend, she works in healthcare. Um, she works in IT, a bit behind the scenes. Uh, she didn't like the inactivity that she had going on in her job. She loves, loves healthcare, has a passion for it, uh, but she doesn't like being sedentary all day. Uh, and she wanted to, to be active. She's always had a passion for working out and lifting weights and yeah, she loves lifting weights. Everyone who's and awes over her guns that she has. So, uh, um, and I, I had worked at the fit body, uh, for in Cochrane, just outside of Calgary for five years, I think. Um, I was doing a lot of the work there. I just wasn't doing the behind the scenes stuff. Um, and I, we figured Aaron and I make a great team. So we figured why not just do it together? Uh, we wanted a bit more flexibility, I guess, in our schedule. Uh, we wanted, uh, a bit more financial freedom moving on down the road. And we thought it would be a good investment. Um, and actually the whole reason why we started the gym, the business in general, was we wanted to have a group of people, have a community that wanted to constantly improve and be better. Um, 
we found as we were, I'd say age, I'm only 32, but as we were getting older, you start to, to kind of veer off from your, from your friend groups, right? People start to have kids, people start to have different occupations, move away. Um, and even just ideologically, sometimes your goals start to differ quite a bit. And we found as adults, when you get caught up in the hustle and bustle of, of life, it's hard to meet friends. It's hard to have that community of people um, and especially people that want to constantly improve, constantly be better. Uh, and we, we personally don't like complacency, <laughs> Aaron and I, and we, we like to, to push our limits and like to constantly expand. So I think that was our biggest thing. We really wanted that group of people to, to come together and we're tribal by nature, the human race. Um, so we just really wanted a group of people that felt comfortable together, no matter your background, anything, just uh, come together and have a like-minded mindset and just grow together as a community. And that's what we wanted. Awesome, man. So you had, you had a lot of things come together and it sounds like they all pointed you in the direction of, of go for it. So I love hearing that. The, um, the thing that stood out to, well, there's a lot, but the thing that I could hear myself saying, um, which is interesting is we talked about people getting older, right? And, and you can say that I, I'm 41. So I get the feeling something that I pointed out to people a lot is they, they always talk about how their gym builds community, their gym builds community. And that's kind of where the conversation stops. And you said the exact thing I said, I'm like, adults don't make new friends, right? Mm -hmm. We lose friends. We move around. There's this void and you, you're right. We are tribal by nature. We want to hear that. And there's not a lot of good opportunities, right? There's some bad opportunities. Like you make new friends at the bar or you make, you know, there's, there's some places where you can, where you can, you can make uh, less than stellar choices, but at the gym, you you automatically have a big thing in common, right? You want, want to take care of yourself. You want to feel better. It doesn't mean that everybody's trying to be a bodybuilding fitness pro or anything like that. It's just like, Hey, I've made the decision to take, you know, in your case, you know, 30, 40 minutes all in and out, whatever it is out of my day, I'm going to make this commitment. This is the type of person I identify as. So you have this big group. And then within that, it's like all the camaraderie and it just builds something that you don't really get. Sometimes people get it from their work, but it's a, it's a small tribe. It's different, right? There's always people with different, different goals and personalities, but at the gym, it's really that, that one thing. And I always summarize the same, like adults make, don't make new friends. And it's great to see it. Like, holy crap. Like it's, it's so impactful. Um, and I yeah. love that you identify that and looked a layer deeper than just, we got great community. It's like, yeah, but why, what are you, what are you about with it? And you, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. It's really cool to see too. Like you, um, in the gym, you have lots of people come together that probably wouldn't have conversations with each other outside of a setting like this. Like we had one of my buddies in here. He's a, he's a welder by trade. Um, he was, he was in here working out and he's all tattied up, got gauged ears. Like if you were to look at him, he's a, a pretty, pretty badass looking dude. And he looks, he would be slightly intimidating, like heart of gold, big teddy bear. And he was in yeah. here chatting with one of our other members who's in her late sixties. And they were, they were just chit chatting, like they were buds. And it's something that you wouldn't usually see. You have people that come together and make new friends and form new 
for new bonds and it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the type of people on, uh, on TV you'd see, you, you know, you might see them if they're walking down the same street, one of them might cross the street and avoid the other one. It's not even that they might not talk. They'd be like averting their eyes there, but yeah, they, they see it in that, that support and community. So it gets paid a lot of lip service, but I, I like that you're kind of next level deeper with it. So that really gives me insight too, as to why you want to do it besides just some of the other normal business stuff is really that, that connection. So I love hearing that, man. So let's, um, let's talk a little bit about the wild ride that, that a lot of our, our gym brothers and sisters have been on the last couple of years. The elephant in the room is COVID. You open the gym, it's 2019. You're sailing along, you're growing, you're working, putting in, putting in the hours, seven months in, COVID. It give, gives you a kick in the head and, and it doesn't knock you out though. You're still here, but it beat you up. What did you do during, during the COVID, the multiple lockdowns that you all have had? And um, let's talk about that and then what you've done to really come out on the other side of it, you know, looking good, making progress. Yeah, we definitely didn't have uh, a global pandemic accounted for in our business projection plan, that's for sure. Um, yeah, seven months in, honestly, man, had the, had the pandemic and the lockdown hit literally two weeks earlier, we wouldn't have made it. Like, if, it was just two weeks. So we just wrapped up a challenge. Um, we do multiple challenges a year between six and eight weeks. Uh, we just wrapped up a challenge. We just signed on, I don't know, 15, 20 new members. And because we were so new, had it hit us, yeah, two weeks earlier, we wouldn't have been able to make it. We wouldn't be able to just pay our rent and stuff. So fortunately, that was good timing, I guess, in the grand scheme of things. Um, and then, yeah, moving throughout COVID, it was uh, it was challenging to say the least, especially as a fresh business. Um, originally, we shut down for six weeks in the beginning. I think that was the the full length of the lockdown, but we transitioned to online right away. Uh, Fitbody, the CEO of Fitbody Bootcamp, Bedros Koulian, he did a great job. Um, he stepped up and we transitioned. He tried to get everybody, all of his locations online. Uh, and then they sent out some pre-recorded workouts that they had from the headquarters. Uh, we did them for a couple of days while we're trying to get our, get our business plan sorted out and how we were going to approach this time because nobody knew how long it was going to go for. Uh, and then we just decided that we'd do do online workouts. Um, so we have done online multiple times in the last, last, whatever, 20 months, I guess we've been going on here now. Um, and Aaron was a workhorse, my girlfriend, she, uh, so we set up the camera. Uh, I was at the front instructing the classes and she worked out six days a week, super high intensity, uh, as the, as the demo for, for everybody. So she was working out like a boss up front as the demonstration. So people online could see it. We recorded them. We did live zoom sessions every day. Uh, and then we recorded the workouts, put them on Google drive. So anybody that couldn't make the time, didn't fit in their schedule, they could access it later. So we did that for six weeks at least. Um, and then when everybody started coming back, we had stationary workouts because again, we didn't know what was going on, the, the rest of what, how the virus was spreading and stuff. So we did stationary stuff, uh, but we're still doing online. So we had a combination for many, many weeks. We actually just finally cut our online probably four months ago, six months ago, maybe. 
just once everything kind of started opening back up again and people coming back in, but we cut it once, brought it back in, and then finally cut it off at the end. But we did did lots of online hybrid of in person, um, and we just tried to stay stay open as long as we could, and just because people crave that human interaction. There was people that obviously felt more comfortable working out at home, but there was pretty well everybody wanted to come in and have some sort of face-to-face human connection to some degree. So yeah, it was, it was interesting, man. It was definitely tough, but Fitbody definitely stepped up and transitioned super fast. They like literally the next day they had a plan out to all their franchises um, on, on what the plan was to do. And it was great. Certainly didn't hurt to have an IT wizard in your back pocket too when the time came to implement it, right? Aaron is definitely handy with the computer. So so that was that was good. But we did learn a lot about Google Drive. I didn't even know that existed. Google Drive and Zoom. Um, didn't even know how those things ran before. I think I'd been on one Zoom call prior and now now we're on Zoom all the time. Yeah. I'm very I- thankful for Zoom. It's it made it makes this podcast possible. There's other ways that we could do it, but man, it, it's just so nice to have technology that works most of the time. And yeah. Unless someone from Zoom is listening, it works all the time. It's great, but <laughs> don't shut me down on Zoom. Um, so you you pivoted quickly. What was your membership like during? Did you gain any members during the lockdown? Were you doing enough that you were still growing? Did you stay, you know, pretty pretty much pat where you were? What did that look like? Yeah. So when we first, that original lockdown, um, I think everybody didn't know what was going on. So we had quite a few holds slash cancellations right off the hop, just because everyone was canceling all their payments. Cause we did the same. We reached out to our landlord and said, Hey, look, what can you guys do for us? Um, and thankfully they were fairly forgiving and put some things on pause. Uh, but we, yeah, we, I'm going to say lost some EFT, some revenue in the beginning, just because people put it on pause. But then we, with the transition to online, because we just moved from Alberta, we actually gained a lot of people from Alberta because um, we were oh, first, yeah. we were first to the punch on online stuff. And actually the gym that I worked at previously, a lot of their members had nothing to do because we were so fast with transitioning and we gained a lot of family and friends from, from Alberta and actually Aaron's family and friends from Vancouver Island, they also joined us. So the money that we lost in memberships, we then gained and more from, from our online people as well. Cause we did a, I think we just did like a 28 day challenge off the beginning, a 28 day trial. And then anybody that wanted to stay on with us, we, we had an online package as well for them. So we gained through the initial phase and then we've actually managed to grow steadily over the last last 20 months we yeah started out i think it's about probably 70 or 80 members just pre-covid and now we're up to about 150 members so uh our accountant was actually shocked that when we did it we just did our year end not too long ago and he was he was sh- quite shocked that we have been continually growing and it's not fast it's not as rapid as we would like it to be but any growth right now is good growth sure and and it gives you if there's an upside it it gives you time to make sure that at every step, you know what what your hurdles may be. If you it tests your systems at a slower rate, there's different things that you can put in along the way and, and figure things out. But but ultimately, you know you know you're going in the direction that you need to get to. So that's that's great to hear, man. And I think it's just action, right? You could have sat there and cried boohoo and been a victim, but you took the tools that were provided to you by corporate 
you know, reaching out to people, whatever it was that you could, you did everything you could to, to keep things going. So kudos to you for not just, you know, taking the L and, and sitting back and saying, Oh, it wasn't my time. So. Well, uh, we're both was- fairly stubborn by nature. So there, there was, there was no, no losing on that one. We, we definitely just grit our teeth and just kept on going. <laughs> just, just go at it. Yeah, man. I love it. Uh, that, that work ethic is never going to let you down. That's for sure. So I want to talk about a couple of the different operational aspects of the business and get some insight as to how you've been able to grow and maintain. So, you know, the first one is going to be, you know, what, what are you doing right now to keep getting the word out, right? You initially open a gym up, you get this buzz, it's novel, it's new. You had the advantage of being online, you know, first to market with that in different areas. But now that most of the COVID dust is settled, what are you doing right now to keep people excited, get them raising their hands to come in? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is honestly referrals. Uh, we do Facebook ads every once in a while, Facebook and Instagram, but I mean, they work some of the times, I don't know, with Facebook's algorithms. Now it's tough to say how many people they're actually reaching. And it's getting harder and harder to advertise for the fitness business because you can't say fat loss, you can't say weight loss. And like, that's kind of what we specialize in. So you have to be very vague about your ads on Facebook and Instagram, which they still work. They still get people in, but not as many as as they used to. Um, Mainly it's referrals. We have a program that we do, that we do. It's called uh, Refer and Earn. Uh, It's great. It's a really good program. And we just started it two months ago, I think. Uh, So what it is, is all of our members, they, we have just little business card size cards at the front desk here and they take them and they hand them to their family and friends. Um, And then when the members, family members bring their cards back, they write down the member's name and then the guest name. And then they put it in, we have a ballot box on the front desk. And then every month at the end of the month, we do a draw for, for one person and that one person wins a hundred bucks. So refer and earn is what we call it. Everybody for every, it's a free week. They come in for a free week, all the trials. Uh, and it's great because then you know that they're, they're like-minded. They've seen their friends' results. They're interested in what they're doing. They're wondering how they're looking so good. So they, uh, they come on in and test it out. And it's been working well for getting new people in the gym. Yeah, that's uh, having any kind of system really gives you a leg up right off the bat, right? A lot of times I hear from gym owners like, yeah, referrals are great. I'm like, how do you get them? And they say, well, people just give them to us. All right, cool. But you can't really, you can't pay your bills waiting on, on that to happen, right? You have to take some sort of action. It's great when it's brand new, it happens. And I think it usually takes most gyms up to about the hundred client mark or so before that starts to peter off. And it's like, people still want to refer. You just need, you need to ask, you need to give them an incentive and having, having any system, it sounds like your system is really good, but in reality, having any system is infinitely better than nothing. So just knowing like, Hey, referrals are great. We like those people. They're the same as the people we already like. Mm -hmm. They like coming here because they're still coming here, giving us, you know, 150, $200, wherever your price points are a month. They like us enough to do that. So if we ask and we give them an actual tool, it's probably going to give us some type of quantifiable data. Hey, we know when we run this, when we, when we stick to our plan, right. And we execute it, 
5% of people are going to give us a referral or 10%. You can track it and then yeah. you, can, you can make plans and projections around it. So good on you for having a system and knowing that you can't just hope, right? You can do the best job in the world, but people don't know if they don't get asked. And then if they ask and they refer, those people are going to be the most likely to refer again. So it's like, it just, it's a snowball that you have starting and clearly it's rolling downhill for you. It's definitely worked out fairly well so far. Yeah. Everyone, well, who doesn't want an extra hundred bucks, right? Like it's a little bit of cash in your pocket. Um, another thing we did that worked out really well, we've done it a couple of times. Uh, we've asked for, for Google reviews on a couple of different occasions, Google reviews and Facebook reviews. Um, same thing, just offer a little bit of incentive to say, Hey, 10 bucks off your next month's membership. Cause I'm guilty of it. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's tons of businesses that I visit and I'm like, Oh yeah, this is a great business. I should leave a review, but I don't because I forget about it or whatever. But if they say, Hey, here's 15% off your next purchase or whatever. Um, and we've done that because first thing that anybody does now, when you're going to search up a new business is you hop on Google, hop on Facebook and you check out their reviews. And if they have good reviews or if they have poor reviews, that determines whether you visit the business or not. So that's another thing that's helped us out to, to gain more traction. And we've had lots of people say, oh yeah, we searched you online and, and we've seen you had good reviews. So that's why we decided to come and check you guys out. Yeah. I mean, how do you go wrong there? I don't know. Do you, something I've never asked, and this is going to be a weird random question. Do you have Yelp in Canada? Uh, we do. It's really not that popular though. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Because I'm not really a fan of it, but that used to be where people, you know, even in the States would leave a lot of reviews. And I'm so thankful that Google has taken taken that over. Um, and I think even Apple might be going to Google reviews. They used to be Yelp reviews. And it's it's just such an, an easy thing to see. Everybody's on Google. It just comes up. It's automatic. And yeah, Facebook reviews are cool. There's other places, you know, that you can do it. But, you know, Google runs the world, man. So you got to you got to be there and you got to be aware of your presence. And, you know, it, it's funny. I, I think people sometimes get afraid that someone might not give them a five star every time. And, and we have the conversation where it's like, I'd rather go to someplace that has 500 reviews with a 4.8 average than five reviews with a five. Cause that's like mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, and your cousin that gave you those reviews. I'm not buying it. Right. I want to know that somebody thinks this place isn't perfect or else I smell a fish. So Absolutely. I think it's a, it's a, a great thing to be aware of. So the next natural step for people, and it's really great when you have a lot of referral business, you have a lot of word of mouth, is a sales process. What does that look like for you from, from the time someone raises their hand to, to ask, to inquire about what you do there to, you know, where they sign on the dotted line and pick a program and all that? Yeah, you bet. So we're, uh, we could definitely improve on our sales process. Um, I, we're not pushy sales people around here, mainly because we personally don't like it. Like if you walk into a furniture store or, uh, to go buy a car and people are just hounding you, I find it super irritating. So, uh, we don't always do the furniture, that. man, the furniture places. It's rough, man. We just moved and we've been uh -huh. visiting our local, a local store called the brick and man, they're, they're just like dogs in there. They hop on you and they keep asking a million questions, but, uh, yeah, we don't do that. <laughs> what we do, we, when we get leads, we get leads through our website, um, or people message us on Facebook. Um, but we get leads all the time through our 
we have a just a central hub from our headquarters mm -hmm. and then we just follow up most people either sign up for a free week online um, or there's a, a paid trial that they can pay for online as well just different depending on on what headquarters is cycling um, and then from there we just simply send them an email we don't try and hound people they're then added to our email list so they're well aware of of what we're doing if obviously if they do a paid trial we follow up with them um, but if they if they're just doing a free week maybe they're just curious we don't try and hound them we just say hey look here's your profile here's your username your password here's how you book classes um, if you want to come in book your first session uh, we don't try and hound people and even when they're in here we don't sit down and have a have a meeting with them I know Fitbody tries to to ask are their franchises to do that and we did it a bit in the beginning and we found it almost awkward like no one wants to be in that situation um, you can almost tell automatically if people are going to stay or if they're not within the first two to three workouts you can tell if they're going to stay as a member or if they're if they're just not feeling it again it's just that human connection and you can tell um so we honestly just ask people when they're in the gym here with their trials coming to an end uh we send an email out 10 minutes or not 10 minutes 10 days before before their trial is up say hey look your trial's coming to an end 10 days here's our pricing options if you're interested say i'm in if not uh let us know why you're not interested so we can improve our service um and uh yeah so that's it we could definitely improve our sales process a bit but we actually had one lady she came in a long time now ago she was she's a member and she was a member of a gym down the road and she actually said thank you at the end of the workout when she's like she was sitting around in the lobby she's like so is that it We're like yep that's it she's like you're not going to try and sell me on anything I'm like nope I'm like see you tomorrow and then she came back the next day. She's like, oh, thank God. She's like, I really appreciate that because lots of gyms sit down and just try and, okay, sign up now, sign up now. But I don't want to push people to buy because if the more you push people, the more you feel pressured, the more you're going to have members who don't overly want to be there. And the way that we look at it is if you don't want to be here, don't be here. We don't want to force you to be here. You don't want to tie into your membership. We don't want to take your firstborn and like not let you cancel out of your membership. Because if you don't want to bring here or be here, it's going to bring the morale down in the gym. And we only want people here that want to be here and love the environment and love the community. So we don't try and push sales too, too much just to keep our community as positive and uplifting as possible. Does that make yeah. sense? Absolutely. And, and I get where you're coming from. I never, I never got into the mode of that pushy high pressure sales thing. It never sat right with me and maybe I've lost some sales because of it, but eventually I guess I was able to find my happy medium and it took me a couple of years of having, being able to have a conversation with somebody that was just a normal conversation about what they wanted, what they were trying to get out of being in the gym. And then making a recommendation and just letting them decide what they wanted to do. It was never, I, I could never get confrontational or pushy with people because like you say, you, you, you now have to see them every single day. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you're, if you're just a salesman, that's a hired gun that could go sit in the front lobby and never have to look someone in the eye again, it's a different conversation than like, you probably know all, but you know, I bet you 99.9% .9 of everybody that comes in, you know, 
how's it going, Charlie? How's it going, Mary? Every, you know, every day. So if, if you don't have that really, really comfortable conversation and they end up there, you just got a, you got a year long awkward or, or if you have a contract or however long it is, or it's just, it can be real, real weird. So I don't, I don't blame you at all. And I always yeah. said, if I, if I had to sell for somebody else's gym, maybe I could do that, but not for my own where I liked being there. And I liked, you know, just having a kind of a family and friends conversation with people. So yeah, yeah. I, I get that. It, it makes a ton of sense with me. And I'm sure as time goes, you'll find your happy medium too. what's going to work for you and make sure that you can, you don't lose anybody who maybe needed a little bit of a push or a little bit of an inquisition, but not push away those people like that lady who just, you know, she didn't come there to be sold, right? She came to just make her own decision. So trying to find that happy medium, I, I think it'll come in time. So, um, but recognition of it early on of who you want to be and how you want to do it, I think is a, is a great step. So one of my favorite parts is, uh, is execution. You're, you're coaching, uh, along with Aaron, all of the classes. So it's two people who are as invested as you can be philosophically, financially, emotionally into the business coaching. So really the, the, there's no question in my mind of how good, how energetic, how excited, how high quality the coaching is going to be. The question that, that it brings up for me is as you eventually grow and potentially have to add staff or want to add staff so you can go on vacation or, you know, paternity leave or whatever it is. Do you have a plan in place to try to replicate yourself now that you're working on so that when the time comes, you'll, you'll know how to do it. Um, so actually, yeah, Aaron and I were actually just talking about this last night. We, uh, we are going to just start formulating more of those plans because realistically in the next year, we want Aaron to be here full time. That's our goal. And then once Aaron's here, our next goal would be to hire a staff member. We just know once we're both here, well, obviously we can devote more time to the gym because with Aaron working full time, we can't devote as much time to the gym because she's not here all the time. So um, we want to, yeah, hire a staff on. And then what we, what we did at the other gym that I worked at um, in Cochrane, we just, we brought them on and then they shadowed for a bit. And then you want to try and have them, have the same coaching style, the same, obviously not be you, but be as similar and same coaching and same form and everything. And just make sure that you guys are all on the same page or relatively close. So they shadowed and then for a week or so, or maybe a few days, if they're really comfortable. And then after that, then they start taking over classes. And then through that, then you just, you observe and make sure you're maybe point something out after class, give them some critical feedback and and let them know what's going on and show them, show them what they're doing well and show them where they need some, some improvement. Uh, and then after that, I think, yeah, what we'd want is someone, someone training classes for us uh, that just frees up time as much as we enjoy training. That's, that's the fun part of, of owning a, a group fitness gym is the training and seeing everybody getting their workout in. It eats up a lot of your time. I'm here from, 5 30 in the morning till usually one o'clock in the afternoon, go home, eat some food, crush a quick nap, come back. And then I'm here from three 30 till eight o'clock at night again. So it's uh, if we didn't have to be here training all the time, we could then focus more so on the back end. but even just getting Aaron here 
full time, we could then focus a bit more on the back end stuff as well. Absolutely, man. I'm a huge fan of the power nap for sure. So you, you got a fan in that. And then to add a little color to what you said, um, you know, training people is the fun part. Training people when you want to is the really fun part. <laughs> yeah. Today I'll do the morning classes. Tomorrow I'll do the afternoon. Being able to get that that freed up, I don't think there's there's really two breeds of people, and I don't think one is is right or wrong in the game. But you get those people that don't ever want to give up some coaching, right? And that that sounds like you. Like you're always going to want to to get in there a little bit, even if you have to spend more time running the business, and and eventually that'll be what helps it grow to whatever its potential is you're going to want to be in there high-fiving people, getting sweaty hugs, doing that stuff for as long as you're able to, right? That's, that's going to be your side of things. I think it's important to some degree, like I don't want to do it all the time, every single day, as long as we own our business. Mm -hmm. But I think it's important to even come in and, and make an appearance a couple of times a week, because otherwise you don't know what's going on in your business. And I think no matter how high up you get, if you look at regardless of the business, how successful people are, the most successful businesses and business owners do go and visit their businesses and they go and talk to their staff and they go and see what's actually going on in the business. Um, and we don't ever want to be someone that's sitting up here or sitting at home and don't ever come into the gym and have somebody else running it. Like we want to be down, down in the thick of it and, know what our members are feeling and know what they're thinking and have that feedback. So I think to some degree, we'll always coach a little bit, but just so that we can get a feel of what's going on and have that connection with the members. Cause really that's what it's about is we're not, I mean, obviously we're a fitness business, but it's about that connection. You're, you're more so a personal relationship business at a gym because it's a vulnerable, vulnerable place for lots of people. And you have to have good, interpersonal skills in order to have a flourishing business because you can teach a monkey to train exercises right like it's it's not that hard to teach somebody hey, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah. i resemble that remark <laughs> but yeah i agree i agree and it, it's never going to be the highest dollar roi on your time you can't you can't measure it that way but there's not a replacement for having your finger on the pulse of the business at all times, right? It's never, you can have it managed and staffed, but a gym business is a people business. It's never outsourced, right? Unless you can clone yourself, which is a little creepy, but if you could, then maybe. But other than that, it's your business. It's yours. It's Aaron's heart and soul in it. If you disappear, some of that's going to go, go away and people are going to notice it. I think the biggest thing too with hiring staff is going to be just finding somebody that's like-minded with you. Um, Aaron and I have talked about this a lot. We don't really, when we do look at hiring, we don't really care so much about university degrees. Like I have my Kines degree, but that doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Like if you were going to be looking at somebody that has good personal skills and they can learn and they want to learn, those are going to be the biggest thing. And obviously a passion for fitness is going to, is going to go a long ways. Uh, but it's not overly important. Like if somebody came in, they had a degree, but they couldn't talk to people. That's not going to be a good balance. Whereas if you have somebody that doesn't have a degree, 
and they're super personable and they want to learn, they're super eager, we're going to take that person over somebody who has a degree and can't talk to people. So I think when you are hiring staff, you just need to look at somebody that fits in with your community and aligns more with what you guys are doing as a business and, and your coaching styles and, and they just jet, they just gel well with your, with your culture. Yeah, absolutely, man. So um, we are running a little low on time and there's a couple of topics I want to hit. I think the stuff that we hit is really the main, the meat of who you are and who the business is, but I always like to have a, a well-rounded idea of a business when we get them on here. So let's hit real quick. Are you in the, the, the position right now where you're offering any ancillary services, any private training, nutrition coaching, supplements, online training? You, I know you went away from for the groups, but in an individual basis, accountability, anything like that right now? Uh, so we don't do any private training. We strictly focus on group training in here. Uh, just reason being, it's a more cost-effective way of getting personal training. Um, and personal training's quite pricey generally. And I find that any personal training that I've done, it's more a counseling session than anything. You end up doing a lot of talking. Um, so group training, we like the philosophy because you also feed off the energy of everybody around you. If you're mm -hmm. working out and someone beside you is still working out and you feel like quitting, they're going to keep working out. Um, as for supplements, we just sell a little bit of supplements in here. Uh, we just have a little bit of a deal worked out with a local supplement store across the way. Uh, it's more so just convenience factor from, from our client's point of view. Um, we do have a Fit Body Bootcamp line, but we're not able to get it in Canada yet. Our, our food regulations are much more strict up here. So before COVID, it was pretty close to being able to, to come up here across the border. But uh, I don't think the government cares too much about, about supplements and getting them over the border right now. So they have bigger fish to fry. So we don't have those up here, unfortunately. Um, and yeah, private training, we just don't do it from a, from a time perspective, really. I feel like we can get more bang for our buck and see more clients in, in the group training session. And nutrition. Oh, yes, nutrition. Uh, we yeah. do nutrition. It's, in, it's encompassed in our packages. So all of our memberships include nutrition as well. So anytime our members want, we'll sit down and, and chat about food with them. Uh, we always try and sit down with our new members and we call it NAG meetings, uh, nutrition and goal. So I love uh, it. <laughs> so we try and sit down with them and take their weight, take their measurements, chat about food, chat about their goals and see how we're, how we're going to get to those goals collectively together. And then anytime they want, they can, can book a meeting with us and we just sit down and take their measurements again and see where they're at and, see what they're doing and look at their food. Awesome, man. So I guess my, my last question before we get all your social media and your websites, all that stuff is, uh, you know, what do you feel is on the horizon for you as far as what's going to take you to the next level? What hurdle do you have to overcome? What skill do you have to require? What's going to bring you from where you are now to, to that next milestone, whether it's what gets, what gets Aaron in full-time Whatever it is, is there something on your plate that you're like, once I conquer this dragon, we're going to be moving full steam ahead again? Uh, yeah, it's strictly a numbers game, really. Uh, the more members we have in here, the, the less Aaron has to work at her full-time job because um, we need, need the job to, to pay our bills, obviously. Um, so, yeah, it's just going to be a numbers game, getting more people in. The refer and earn is helping to, to drive a lot of people through our door. 
Um, we're going to be running a new, a new challenge, I guess not challenge right yet, a trial starting next month here, uh, just to bring some people in before Christmas and the new year. And then we're going to run a, run a new year's challenge as well. So our challenges are usually our biggest, I'm going to say biggest revenue, but also our biggest uh, way to bring in new clients. Uh, Cause everyone's looking for a challenge and then they see results and they see what the gym has to offer. Um, but I think it's just a numbers game in order to get more people in here to get Aaron here full time. Uh, Cause then more money means Aaron has to work less at her job. And you guys get to hang out all day together. Yeah. Good thing we like each other, eh? I was going to say, yeah, good thing you, you know, I mean, she moved the province over with you, so she had to like you a little bit anyway, so. All right, man, last thing before we let you go, what's your website? What's your social media? Where can people find you if, if they want to check you out? Yeah, you bet. So we do a lot on Instagram. It is Coquitlam, so C-O-Q-U-I-T-L-A-M-F-B-B-C. That is our Instagram handle. Um, if you were to look us up on Facebook, it's just Coquitlam Fit Body Bootcamp and same thing online. That's just our website. If you were to search up Coquitlam FBBC, uh, we do a lot on, on Instagram though. That's where we do most of our stuff. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate your time. Thanks for being on today. It's been a pleasure having you. Yeah. Thanks so much, Dominic. It's been great. You are very welcome, sir. And as always to our listeners out there, we appreciate you. Thank you for spending some of your day with us. We hope you found value in this conversation with Corey. If you'd like to hear more conversation like this, smash that subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. If you want to be on the show, talk about your business model, your story, how you're growing and changing lives in your area, click the link in the description, fill out the form. Someone from the team will get back to you as soon as possible. To everybody out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches and learn more about their business and business knowledge as a whole. I'm your host, Ryan Carson, and today we're here with Sky. Sky, how's it going? Hey, good. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you for being on the podcast. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So let's kind of dive right into it. So what is the name of your facility and where are you located at? Um, my name of my facility is Skies Fitness and I am in, located in Bangor, Maine. Skies Fitness in Maine. Okay, got it. And so what, um, what got you wanting to uh, open up a studio? Okay. Well, I've been a fitness instructor and a personal trainer for about 15, 20 years, doing a lot of corporate fitness when I lived in Connecticut. 
And when I moved back to Maine, I just was doing a lot of contracted work. Well, over the last years, it's been kind of crazy. And I saw a lot of brave people in the world and decided it was time for me to kind of branch out and do the same thing. So that's when I decided to open up my own studio and just everything kind of fell in line with that. And yeah. Awesome. I love it. So when you say brave people, you mean like opening after COVID or during COVID, right? Absolutely. With COVID, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Opening with COVID and just nurses and doctors on a non-fitness thing. Just people just, just seeing, I saw a lot of the best of people and decided I wanted to do that as well and just kind of like help as much as I can. And yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, it's kind of, it's interesting. So it seems like with the way the industry is now, so COVID either people either shut their gyms down completely or they open gyms. So yeah. you are one of the ones that, that decided to open. So that's, that's awesome. I love it. Uh, thank you. Thank you. So you've been in the industry a while. So 15 years. Um, so you, uh, what made you want to want to get into fitness in the first place? Uh, you know, when I, it was, I was in my twenties and I tore my ACL. Um, mm. I was told that I couldn't, I kind of dabbled with working out a little bit, but nothing, nothing too hardcore. Well, mm. after I tore my ACL, I decided not to the surgery because it was going to be about a year and a half before yeah. um, I could, you know, uh, I would be completely repaired. So then at that point, the doctor had told me I probably wouldn't be able to work out again. I'm the kind of person when someone tells me I can't do something, I kind of go hardcore with it. So okay. I saw my claws building up and then and the rest is history. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of took you for that kind of person. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why, but I just did. That, that's funny. So you never had the surgery. I didn't. I didn't. Okay. I just built up my quads and just um, one day I do realize I'm probably going to have to have it, but just super cautious with my own workouts. And yeah, um, yeah. maybe um, I, the reason I bring that up is I tore my ACL um, two and a half, three years ago now. Okay. Actually three years ago next month. And so the way it was an alumni football game. Yeah. So they, uh, you know, you've been out of, out of football for like 15 years and yep. everyone gets this bright idea to play again. So <laughs> yeah. It actually, yeah, it happened in practice is what's funny, but, um, yeah, I've not had the surgery and everything seems to be fine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So well, yeah, just, yeah, a little side note there, kind of off topic, but side note. It's that's pretty funny. cool though. Yeah. It's good, it's good yeah. to hear that too, because ultimately I, I don't want to have surgery. I don't either. Especially the older you get and everything, but, uh, that's, that's, a good inspiring story for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially especially now, right? Like the way like hospitals and surgery, like I don't want to, I don't want any part of that right now for sure. Oh, no, no. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So cool. So, all right. So back to the gym stuff. So you've had your studio for six months. Yeah. Um, and so did you have clients already that came in or did, did you start from scratch on everything? I had about three personal training clients. Okay. I was just renting out different facilities by the day um, or going to clients' house, dragging the stuff around, you know, yeah. you know all that good stuff. Yeah. And so then, yeah, I just, I did, uh, there's a group called Black Owned Maine and they featured me. And from there, things just blew up and I realized the importance of media. So yeah, um, yeah so it just blew up. And uh, yeah, that's how I got the other clients that I have right now. I love it. I love it. So what, uh, what are you doing right now to get new people in the door? 
Um, it's pretty much uh, advertising through Facebook and Instagram. Um, I always ask, where did you hear about me? I used to hear that question before I was a gym owner and yeah. you never really yeah. you know, gave an honest answer. Yeah. Now I'm begging and pleading for people to give right. me an honest answer, but it's always Facebook, it's always Instagram, and it's always Google. I notice hits on my uh, website go way up every time I do some kind of ad on Google. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. And that, that is funny, right? Like before you're in business, you're like, why do they care? Like <laughs> you click other and it's like, you can't just get away. Like you have to answer somehow. <laughs> That's what I always did. I would click other and I'm like, God, I got to tell them. But now I'm like, I'm same way as you. I'm like, where did you hear about? How did you find yes. me? Yeah. I try to do it casual, like, you know what I mean? So it doesn't look like I'm, you know, stopping yeah. about it. <laughs> oh, how, how, how'd you hear about me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I gotcha. Awesome. So I'm curious. So like when, let's say a new member comes in the door. So what is, um, what's the first thing they go through? Like, how do you, how do you uh, assess new members whenever they want to join? I'm a small boutique studio. I'm per, I'm by appointment only on anything, but if you're referring to personal training, um, I'll do a niche. They've already, I've been lucky. They're blessed that people who come to see me for personal training already have it in their head that they want to do this COVID, you know, they sat around for a year. So they're really determined and can't wait to start. Um, right. From that point, I have them come in. I do an initial consultation with them. We go through those numbers. Um, and then I book out about a week. I give them a week just because I like to come up with a plan, a really solid plan for them and for them to get more geared up. It seems to work that way mm -hmm. and then take it from there. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And like, is it only uh, personal training? Do you do group and classes as well? I do. I do. Um, so as far as I do personal training, I also do group X. Um, bar class is a really uh, popular class of mine. Um, yeah. It's that mix of ballet, you know, it, it goes against any type of training that I've ever done, which is kind of hardcore. It's, you have a three pound pink weight and that thing, it feels like a thousand pounds by the end of class. Right. I have crossfitters in my class and they're shaking and they're back every week. So yeah. I do bar and um, I'm going to be offering some more classes, but I'm trying to do everything kind of slow and steady. Um, I hired another instructor to come on um, and she's going to start in a couple of months and she'll be doing more of the feedback stuff. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So is it just you right now or do you have someone else helping you out? Yeah, it's just me. Just, just you. Me. Yeah. Start okay. out about 4, 4.30 in the morning with the first client and then end around about two o'clock in the afternoon and try not to go any later than, you know, six, seven at night. If I have those straight, straight clients. Yeah. Not yeah, a lot of sleep. <laughs> that makes sense. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it seems like we never get a lot of sleep. At, yeah. At <laughs> right. Yeah. So when you're, when your new employee comes on um, now, will it be, will she be offering um, different classes or just more times? Um, she's going to be offering different classes. I'm a firm believer in with my studio only having one person teach a certain format. The reason why I say that is because my students really love my style of class. Do you understand what I'm saying? And as far as she comes in and does her thing, I think she's going to get uh, her own following as well. So mm -hmm. um, with that being said, we'll, we'll trade off if we ever need to help each other out. But yeah, she'll come with her own set of, of classes such as kickboxing and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That makes sense. And yeah, and some I, I would now one thing I would say now sometimes if you if you're looking to grow a lot over the next few years, maybe kind of handing off some of those classes. And the only reason I say that is because 
you don't want people to only come for you later, right? Oh. Like whenever. Yeah, that's the only thing. But in the beginning, it has to be that way. Like, I mean, because you can't pay another instructor right now to to do everything. Yeah. So, and right now, like people come in for you, but later, you know, you like you want to be able to take vacations and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So you don't want your classes to go on hold for a week. That's the only thing I was getting at. Yeah, that's um, that's a, that, that's a great point. It's a valid point. Absolutely, it's For one sure. of those those things too. In the beginning, since I am so young, I was concerned about hiring on. I won't hire a trainer probably for a while until I grow a little bit more because I really want to be established as Sky's Fitness. I want them to know me as Sky. You see what I'm saying? So in the beginning, kind of you know, taking uh, dialing back a little bit. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Now, um, yeah, I think the group stuff is is really cool now. Have you saw, like, what are people like with group right now? Are they okay doing group classes right now, like with the COVID stuff, or is it, how's that working out? It's, you know, I've noticed in the last month, maybe in the beginning when I opened up, everyone was wearing masks. And then we kind of, you know, kind of let go of that when they didn't, we didn't have to wear them anymore. I've noticed a couple more people, generally people who work in the hospital. I have quite a few doctors and nurses who come into class and they'll, they'll wear the mask. But um, people are, I'm such a small studio that it really works out well. It's not maybe 10 tops. So uh, people feel oh, like there's a comfortable distance between them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So how many classes a week are you are you teaching right now, round about? Um, right about 10, about, well, between eight and 10, yeah. Okay, eight to 10 on the classes. And what about PT? How many sessions? Um, it really varies because of those doctors and nurses. It's always on a rotating schedule. It is, yeah. on, on average, I would say about 12, 12, okay. maybe a week. Yeah. yeah. About, okay. Throwing in a couple of uh, private sessions that I do as well for like corporate and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you do any of these people cross over? Like do some of the PT people do classes as well? Yeah, they do. Okay, so yeah. that is funny you should say that because that's always been something I, I found like, okay, if I do group X class, I bet I could get these clients to come in and start doing PT sessions. I used to teach dance fitness and dance fitness is a different type of crowd than like a, a bar cloud crowd. So I never get anybody coming in. But now that I'm doing that hardcore bar class, yeah. I would say, oh man, I get a new client from bar class, maybe, you know, a couple times a month, once a month. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's a good point too. Now, what we call that is ascension. So okay. basically ascension. So that means like you're taking someone to another level, like to the next level. And really that's the best place to get some of your yes. PT clients because they're in bar or, or whatever class they're taking and they want a little bit more. Yeah. So then, and they're already familiar with you. So yeah. then, you know, you kind of present that as, hey, going to the next level, like you're doing great or you're doing good. But if you want to do great, you know, I think you should throw some PT sessions in as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And a lot of my bar classes, of, you know, there, there are PT uh, clients in there and they'll they'll be talking about, oh, I hope we don't do this in session next week. And so other students will hear that they're just, you know, advocate. I'm just I'm lucky that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So um, now word of mouth, I, I'm sure that's pretty big for you right now too. Yeah, it is. It is. There's, um, yeah. And being in Bangor is very small too. So there's quite a few um, studios, but there's, I think I'm one of the only female owned studio. And I know that speaks to a lot of people. So yeah. Yeah, it is. It is for sure. Now, 
have you worked for like a big box gym or anything like that? Or have you always done this on your own? Um, I've done uh, one time, I think in, in uh, South Carolina, I did, and this was a long time ago, but besides that, I've always done independent work. Um, when I lived in Connecticut, I worked at Yale New Haven. They had a corporate center that, or corporate wellness that I worked in. So that's not really big box, but yeah, independent right. corporate. Now, what, what else do you offer? Do you do any, uh, do you do nutrition at all with any of your plans? I don't yet, but I am uh, just signed on to do a, uh, uh, getting my certification in, in nutrition through NASM. So that's my next. My oh, next. cool. Yeah. And actually the, the new instructor that I hired on, she's pre-med. She's uh, got a degree in psychology and also does a little bit of nutrition as well. So I was like, okay, yeah, <laughs> you're okay. hired. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Come on board. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So could she, so she's coming on in a couple of months now, could she start anytime she wanted to, or is that yeah. just the timeline you wanted? Okay, cool. That's the timeline I wanted. Cause I didn't want to drop anything too quickly. You know what I mean? And I figured November would be a good time. Um, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So what else? Uh, okay. So you do, so the nutrition is coming, um, during COVID, did you do anything like online or anything like that? For nutrition or for classes? Just for classes, for anything. Yeah, I did. I did. I started off with, with my group X classes actually started online and then it just grew from there. I still do that. Every class that I offered is done online too, because I do notice people also are feeling there's still some people are still a little bit, you know, weirded out by everything being around other people. So, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So uh, one thing I like to ask people um, now, you've, you've only had your, your spot for six months. Yeah. But if you could go back in time, six months, give yourself advice, what would that advice be? To slow down. Slow down? To slow down. I felt like I needed to do everything fast. And it just turned out that everything kind of worked out organically. But I just needed to stop. I needed to rest. I needed to know that it, yeah. So that would be the biggest thing is not to take on too much one task at a time, not do mm -hmm. 10 different things. And it mm -hmm. all got done, but I think I would have had a little more sleep maybe. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and it's, that's, that's a good point because in the beginning, like you have all of these things, like you have the vision of where you want it to go. Yeah. And especially with you doing it on your own, you can take on a little bit too much at first, but looking at the other end of the spectrum, it's like, I need this because, you know, we are starting this. I need people in. Right. So I think that the healthy balance is if there is a such thing as a healthy balance in the beginning. But I mean, you know, I mean, you you got through it, though. Right. Like here you are, you know, you have your your programs are in place and you're still growing. So you're still here. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's growing. It's getting bigger. Word is getting out there, starting to get those reviews on Google, which is a good feeling. And I feel like I am touching and helping people. And that's, that's, that's a big thing to me. You know, people are trusting yeah. me to help them and they're seeing results. And that's, that's a, that's a really, really big deal to me. That's honestly what this is all about for me. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And that's true. And you know, the, the money is a thing also, but whenever yeah. you help people, when you focus on helping people and you don't focus so much on the money, like the money follows, Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and of course, um, you know, a lot of people will say, hey, it's not about the money, but you know, it, it is, but you know, <laughs> I mean, you have to make money to be in business to help more people. So uh, I, yeah. yeah. 
I yes. couldn't agree more with that. I could not agree more that if you're doing everything right and doing it to the best of your ability, you have a plan and you're following it, then the money is going to come. The clients are going to come. So it yeah, is. I agree with you. It is. And that's the way that you have the biggest impact too. Like when you have more people, you have more revenue coming in, you can reach more people that way. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the biggest thing I just wanted to add to you about, I've noticed that since opening up during COVID, I was kind of the first stop for a lot of people after they'd been on lockdown, being around other people. So there were a lot of tears during the, you know, their first time out and realizing how much they missed it. And so people really are dialing in and I find trying even harder and okay, I've given, given another opportunity. This is what I'm going to do. So it's been really, that's been really nice to see too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to the Facebook stuff like that and, and your Google ads, so are you like on the Facebook stuff, for example, are you, are you boosting posts? Are you doing like campaign, like targeting stuff like that? Or what are you doing? I do a mixture of both. Um, I usually go, if I boost a post, it's always the post that's like kind of got the most likes on that. And then I'll kind of play with the range of who's going to see it. You understand? Yeah. Sometimes I get more, a lot of uh, people contacting me when I do friends of people who like my page, which I thought it, if I just localize it just for like the Bangor area in general, but I get more people contacting me that way. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I don't know if it's a, they, they trust more that I know what I'm doing because it's a friend yeah. of theirs that likes the page or yeah. whatever, but it works. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And, and that's one of the biggest things too, is trust, establishing that trust. Yeah. Um, you know, especially being, you know, just starting out like that, I think trust is one of the biggest things. And I'm sure like, you know, when people come in, I mean, I can tell the type of person you are, like, as soon as they come in, like, they're okay, like, this is good. She knows what she's talking about. So I'm in the right place, but it's just getting them there, right? Yeah, it it isn't. Honestly, it's not been that I'm not going to say it's not been challenging. Clearly, I want more. I want to grow my bigger my business bigger. But it's it's definitely about putting out that good product, for lack of better words, and just being, you know, authentic. Being authentic is the biggest thing because more and more people trust more word gets around. Um, the doctors and nurses that I have um, in my class, they, they speak to all their friends and more people come in from that. And those are those long-term clients. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, a really big, a big thing. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. So we are running out of time on the podcast. So okay. one thing I like to ask people, so in a year from now, what does growth look like for you? A year from now, I'd like to be in a bigger studio, have, mm, mm, that's a good question. (laughs) Bigger studio, more clients, and more, and a couple more trainers. I mean, (laughs) that's great. All great goals. So yeah, yeah, um, I mean, seeing where you've been, so that'll be a year and a half in business. So that'll be, that'll be a good time for you, especially with some of these restrictions lifting, yeah. you know, people starting to get more and more comfortable, I believe, uh, little by little. But I mean, it seems like, you know, I, I definitely think that would be, you know, attainable for you, you know, if, you know, you get some of the right systems and programs in place. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, Sky, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I had awesome. a good time. I'm sure the audience got some good value out of this. Awesome. Yeah. All right. and well, thank you for being real too. Oh, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Linda. You enjoy your day and thank you very much for having me. Absolutely.
And for our listeners out there, if you found value from this podcast, please hit the subscribe button. And if you're a gym owner and want to be featured on the podcast, click the link in the description, apply to be a guest. Until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.